welcome to the Unbusy Your Life podcast, where each week you will learn the tips, tools, strategies, and mindset of productivity. This isn't time management. This is personal management because the solution to your scheduling, time, and productivity issues is you and how you show up in your time. Hi, I'm Neil Williams, life coach and productivity expert, and I am going to help you become the best you in your 24 hours so you can get all the things done and live the exact life you want. Get ready to unbusy your life. number 28, everyone, of the Unbusy Your Life podcast. I'm so excited to be here with you today. How are you this week? How is your schedule? Are you working the number of hours you want? How is that beautiful brain of yours doing? I wanted to talk with you all this week about a topic that has come up so much recently with my clients, and it's this idea of imposter syndrome. I was thinking about why this is so present for my clients right now, and what I realized was that it's because they're growing and transforming and at a quick clip. So this is actually something that I want to offer should be a celebration and nothing to worry about. Nothing has actually gone wrong here. Actually, everything is exactly right for my clients and for you if you're experiencing this too. My client Meg recently said to me that she just didn't realize the efficiency of coaching, how fast changing your mindset impacts your results and how much more quickly you can maneuver your obstacles when you get coached through it. And this is why my clients, I believe, are experiencing this right now. They're showing up week after week, getting coached and moving ahead at a faster pace than if they tried to solve their mindset obstacles on their own. Now, this is a good thing, but we also don't want to let it be an obstacle for you that you can't overcome. So if you're in this (laughs) imposter syndrome, the idea that I'm not good enough, other people are better than me, I'm going to give you some help to overcome this for yourself today too. And here's what I want you to know. This is true for me too. I am no exception to this. I recently had this experience where I was invited by Chris Plackey. Do you all know who she is? She's an amazing master coach, um, certified through the Life Coach School, of course, who specializes in helping female founders build their teams in their business. And she invited me to come teach in her group program. And I learned on a recent call that one of her clients brought up um, overwhelm that she was feeling and struggling with in trying to balance entrepreneuring and momming, just like most of us are trying to do, Right. And she told them that I would be coming to teach them on how to solve this and that I was an amazing coach. Now, I tell you this story not to toot my own horn, (laughs) but to show you what my brain offered up to me as a default response to this situation. Here's what it said to me. Who do you think you are? Now, if I didn't know how to parent my brain, how to manage my brain on purpose, I could have easily gone down the I'm not good enough, I'm a fraud, I'm an imposter rabbit hole. But because I know how to coach myself and I'm super aware of my brain, I avoided that hole altogether and I just got to sit in my own badassery about this experience. And that's exactly what I want to teach you to be able to do on this podcast too. 
And by the way, I do think badassery is a word. I didn't look this up, but I said this on a recent uh, coaching that I did for a mastermind, and we decided that own your badassery should definitely be a t-shirt. So if you're listening to this and you create t-shirts, drop me a line, neil at neilwilliams.com, and let me know. I would love to make this into a t-shirt. Now, here are kind of the two basic situations where I see the imposter syndrome crop up, not just for me, but also for my clients. The first thing is when you're new to being an entrepreneur and doing what you're doing. So for instance, if you're a new coach, uh, your brain wants to go to past evidence to support that you're good enough or that you're good at what you're doing or to create confidence for you in what you're doing. And when the evidence isn't there, it's like it goes into this mode where it's like can't compute, right? I don't, there's nothing to pull from. And then the second place that I see it happening is after you've had some success, you've been building your business and you're growing to the next level and you do something new in your business that you haven't done before. Again, you don't have the past evidence to support that you should be doing this new thing, that you're good enough to be doing the new thing, or maybe that you're doing it as well as other people do this new thing. So it's things like offering a new program or a new course, or it comes up so often in the raising your price. We have this price drama that comes up or even offering new services that you're, you haven't offered before. So it's all about the new. This is really where we see this cropping up most frequently. Because here's the reason why the brain hates uncertainty. Its whole function is designed to keep you safe and comfortable. So it kind of pulls out this tricky idea that you're a fraud or that you're not good enough or that other people do it better than you to keep you from moving forward. Uncertainty is really scary for the brain and it's going to pull out all of the stops to keep you from going to the uncertain place. When there's no evidence in the past to pull from, the brain literally goes into lockdown safety mode, right? And so what I want to show you is that even though when this happens, it may feel like something has gone wrong, it's actually a sign that you're on the right track. Now, we want to take that as good news, but I also want to give you some strategies so that you don't get stuck in it that you're able to overcome it. And this is the real reason why I'm talking to you about this on a productivity podcast, right? It's one of the obstacles that many entrepreneur moms encounter that hold them back from creating the biggest success that they could create. It wastes time and mental and emotional energy. So overall, it really does have a huge impact on your overall productivity and your capacity to produce at your highest level. So let's make sure we define it as we start diving into it first. So imposter syndrome is really this belief that I'm a fraud, I'm an imposter, who do I think I am, just like what my brain had offered up to me, I'm not good enough, other people are better than me, Or here's one that's super common too. My success is a fluke. So like if you reach a new revenue goal in a month, this is always what happens. (laughs) The brain offers this up. It was just a fluke and I'll never be able to recreate it. Okay, so it's all of this kind of thinking and these beliefs. 
And it also shows up as feelings. So feelings of insecurity or worry or self-doubt or obsessing about what other people might be thinking about what you're doing in the world. Okay, so that's what it is. Now, here are some of the symptoms that you are actually experiencing this. Now, some of these you may not have even thought about as the side effects of this idea of imposter syndrome, but here's what they are. So it's not taking ownership of or celebrating your current level of success. And this is so common with high achievers, right? It shows up as deflecting praise and compliments, as seeking outside validation for whether we did something well or right. And it also looks like not owning our success. This idea of like, well, it just happened. I don't really know how it happened. It just did. And I have no part in it. Like it just descended down on me from the heavens, right? So not taking ownership or celebrating your success is one of the symptoms. Self-sabotage is also a symptom of imposter syndrome. So it looks like this. Just when you start to see success, you do something to stay where you are or to go back, right? It's playing it small, playing not to lose instead of playing to win. It also looks like avoiding rejection or what you think will be rejection or judgment from other people. Now, I talked a little bit about this in episode number 22 of the podcast, where I talked to you about what it looks like to play to win instead of not to lose. So you might, if this is like resonating with you right now as one of the symptoms, you might want to go back and listen to that episode where I teach you about how to overcome this idea of playing to win instead of not to lose. Now, here's the third way that this shows up. This is another symptom of this syndrome. It's setting goals that don't push you too far because you can't handle the failure of them or maybe even not setting goals at all. So I talked about this also in uh, episode number 20 called Making Failure Your BFF. And I'm going to do a follow-up episode to this on the art of goal setting in the coming weeks. So make sure that you stay tuned for that. So if goal setting, either you're setting really small, realistic goals, which is one of the things I hate about the SMART goal acronym, setting realistic goals, or you are not setting goals at all because you cannot handle the way that you interpret the failure of them and the way that you internalize failure and what that you make that mean about yourself. So these are the symptoms, not taking ownership or celebrating your current success or any successes really in your life, self-sabotage, and then setting realistic or non-existent goals, okay? These are all signs that you have some version of imposter syndrome going on. So today, what I wanna focus on is the not taking ownership piece of this Side, these side effects. So when I first say to take full ownership or not taking ownership, what most people think about in terms of taking ownership is that you own all the negative things, the results that you don't have in your life, the not attaining the goal. We forget about the other side of the coin where we get to own the good stuff too. 
the successes, the wins, the things that we do have that we do want. And this is what true 100% ownership looks like owning both sides of the coin. I just don't think we talk about owning the success as much as we talk about owning the lack of success or the failures. Because here's why I think we do this. I think we think we're bragging or maybe that we're arrogant when we own our wins. But when you do this, you keep yourself small and then you perpetuate the idea that you aren't good enough or that you're a fraud in some way because someone like you couldn't have created that success, right? And high achievers are notorious for blowing past their wins. Think about this. The last time you set a goal and you went and achieved it, did you stop even for a minute and acknowledge the achievement of the goal, the win of it? Did you celebrate the win of it? Most of us are don't, right? I know that this is something that I still struggle with and that I am still working on, overcoming, blowing past my goals. I literally, I set a revenue goal and then I achieve it and I don't even get another thought to it. I just go on to the next month's revenue goal, right? Does that sound familiar to you guys? Or if someone tells you you're amazing and like you can't, they can't believe what success you've created. You're like, yeah, 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 not it. And you kind of just blow them off and you really like deflect the praise that they're giving you. You don't give your own yourself your own praise and then you deflect any external praise that comes your way. And this is why I teach my clients to have an evaluation and celebration hour in their weekly schedule. Now, here's what I want you to know about celebrating wins. This is not just to feel good. Now, of course, it does feel good. It feels great to celebrate and to reward yourself, right? But when you celebrate your wins, you are training your brain to create habits that will continue to create your success and your wins. Here's what we know about habit creation. Whatever we reward gets repeated. So when you bring to your awareness the successes in your week or in your day and the wins that you've created, you tell your brain, we want more of this because you're present to it and your brain's like, oh, this is a good thing. She wants to do more of this. It, this reward, the celebration of the great things creates more action that is going to continue to perpetuate success and wins. So it's not just about feeling good. It is about creating habits that are con- going to continue your success down the road. So let's dive in. I can give give you three strategies for how you can begin to own your own badassery and your successes. So here are some questions. Number one, to ask your brain, remember your brain loves questions. You just want to make sure you're asking the right questions because it's going to find answers for you. So when you sit down and you ask your brain, how did you create the success that you have right now? Your brain will go to work to find the answer to that. So maybe as a journaling exercise, you write down 10 things or results that you have in your life that you really want, that truly feel like things that you want to have. And then you ask yourself, how did you create them? Because you did. Maybe you haven't thought about it 
like this in the past, but every single thing that you have in your life, you created. Now, maybe it's an amazing marriage. Maybe it's the business that you want. Maybe you hit your revenue goal for this month. Maybe you created the number of clients that you want or sold the number of courses that you wanted this one this month. Maybe it's living where you want to live or having the friendships that you want to have or the amount of money that you want in the bank. Just think about five to 10 things that you have in your life that you love. And then you ask yourself, you ask your brain, how did you create them? What was it that you did that created those results? And here's what's super important. You can take this exercise one layer deeper. When you figure out what you did, it's because of the way you were thinking and feeling. Every action that you take or action you don't take is because of how you feel and what you think. The thinking and feeling drives the action. So if you can access what you did that created that result that you have that you want, you can also probably reflect back and think about how you were thinking or maybe how you were feeling because that drove you, that fueled you to take those actions. And that's really the gem of this. When you learn thinking that works for you, thinking that produces results in your life, you want to continue thinking that way on purpose, right? And every time you access that, you know you're gonna be doing the things that you wanna do that's going to create your success. Hence, reiterating and perpetuating this habit creation that's creating your success. Now, if this first strategy, this journaling on five to 10 things that you have and how you created them was difficult for you, maybe you had a hard time coming up with five or 10. I'm gonna give you some help on how to do that going forward. So create a practice for yourself. You can either do this daily or weekly, I would say no less frequently than weekly, write down your wins, write down three wins for the day or for the week or three accomplishments for the day or for the week or three successes for the day or for the week. Every single time I get on a coaching call with my coach, she asks me for three wins every single time. And now this is starting to train my brain for all of the success that I've created And it's easier to own the success when you know what it is, right? You first have to be aware of it and be present to it before you can even own it. So begin to be aware of it by writing it down. And again, this is why the evaluation and celebration hour that I have my clients carve out for themselves every single week might be something you decide to do too. Because in within that hour, you are writing down your wins. You're writing down your accomplishments and then you're celebrating them. So get in the habit of writing down how you created success today and tomorrow and for the week or for the month. So you become aware to your successes. You figure out what you did to create them. That's how you own them. They're not flukes. They didn't just happen. You had a hand in it. You created them. And then the third thing is you celebrate your wins, the big ones and the small ones. Now, a lot of people have a hard time with this one because they haven't gotten into the habit of celebrating. So I like to make this easy when you're first starting to implement this practice by creating what I call a celebration list. So just one day you take five to 10 minutes and you make a list of 10, maybe more than that if you want to, 
10 ways that you can celebrate your success. Maybe it's things like getting a massage. Maybe it is an afternoon off of work. Maybe it's going to dinner with your husband or partner or with a friend. Maybe it's going to coffee with a friend. Maybe it's sitting on your deck reading a novel. Whatever it is, it doesn't have to be expensive. It just has to be like a reward that you're going to look forward to. And what is really going to happen here is if you have this hour on your calendar every single week, for me, it's Friday at the end of the day. And I know my brain kind of like lights up even when I said that because I know I'm going to get to write down my successes, write down my wins, and then I get to treat myself for that. And truly this perpetuates me continuing to do the things that created my success and creates habits, successful habits, right? That create more wins and they just snowball on top of each other. So create your celebration list. So then you just make it easy for your brain to pull something from that list. And that's how we're going to celebrate on Friday. You literally could just close your eyes and point to something and choose that thing. Don't spend a lot of time deciding. That's not the point here. We're not supposed to trying to create more decision fatigue for your brain. We really just want to reward all of the amazingness for your week. So here's three strategies for owning your own success. Number one, find the results that you already have in your life that you want and how you created them. Number two, bring more presence, more awareness to your conscious brain of all of the wins and successes that you have every single week. And then number three, reward the the habits, the behavior that created the success so that you will repeat them and you will continue to create more success. I'm going to tell you a quick story about my coaching session with my last coaching session with my master coach, Bev. I got on the call and I was telling her about all the things that I was doing to create results that I wanted. And she looked at me and she said, you are a badass. Now, what I realized was I had really not been owning all of the success that I had been creating for myself, all the things that I was doing. But when she said that to me, I thought, oh my gosh, I really am. Like, I am a badass. And I told my husband after that coaching session, I was like, I am going to write that everywhere in that, that I see. I'm going to put it on the refrigerator. He's like, I'll get a fridge magnet made for you and put it on the refrigerator. And still to this day, I'm a badass is one of the beliefs that I have in my daily belief plan. I am a badass. Think about that. If you just own that you and you found evidence to support that to be true for you, which is really what you're doing with these three strategies, you're giving your brain evidence, you're creating evidence for how you're a badass and how you create your own success because your brain wants to go to the past and find evidence how it's not true. You are overriding that on purpose. When you own your own badassery, you won't fall prey as often or as easily to the belief that you aren't good enough because you've created evidence for your brain on purpose for why you are for why you're successful and how it's not a fluke, how you created it intentionally and on purpose. So when you own your success, you realize that you created it. And most importantly, hear this when I say this to you, you can always create more.
So imposter syndrome is really just one of the many obstacles that I teach you to overcome in the Productive and Peaceful Life group program. We spend an entire module on learning how to become a master of your obstacles so that you can identify them quickly and have the tools and have me coaching you and a community of support to help you get through them as quickly and efficiently as possible. So if you're interested in your own productive and peaceful life, this program's entire goal is to shrink the gap between the number of hours that you're working and the number of hours that you want to work and finding all of the obstacles and me giving you solutions to overcome them so that you can shrink that gap quickly. We are enrolling now. All you need to do is click the link in the show notes to learn more about the next step to getting your own spot and working towards your own productive and peaceful life. Have a beautiful, unbusy week, everyone. See you next week.